Um, I'll be a real preacher today. Um, I'll just shout over here and be quiet right here. It's, it's tough. Um, we're, in September, we're going to start the story back again. And, and, and when we get in the story, we're going to see um, the rhythms of Jesus' ministry, uh, the, the narrative, the, sto- the actual story of Jesus' ministry. And you're going to see it from beginning uh, to end and then how the church was affected by that. And it's going to be a great study, but one of the things that's missing is, and we've done, we've done series on the parables, we've done series on um, the miracles, and we've done series a, a while back on the Sermon on the Mount, and that was more in detail. It was one of the first, uh, we got here in 2012, September of 2012, and uh, we started out with the Sermon on the Mount, but I want to look at it pretty quickly over the next three weeks. Uh, this Sunday, next, and the Sunday after that, on the 26th, and then we'll start the story on the 2nd of September. But I want to look at the Sermon on the Mount because it is so instrumental in how we live. Like, sometimes we can talk about the way uh, Jesus affects us, and it's just sort of, it's, it's pretty mood-swingy. You know, how, how, Jesus, how Jesus moves me here or moves me there or what, God, how, what school God wants me to go to or, or what college or how God wants me. We, we, we really are concerned about the minutia of our day. And so God um, gets married to that. And God's really concerned not what, with what you buy, although that can be a conversation to be had, but... God's concerned with how you live. As a member of the kingdom of God, how you live matters. As Scott McKnight says in his book, One Life, it's easy to spot those who follow Jesus because they are the ones who follow Jesus. That's it. They're the ones who walk after the king. And so when Jesus sits down on a hillside and starts teaching. Teaches us how to live and how to interact and how we should pray and how we give. He teaches us all these things. He means it. When you might go to your preacher or your neighbor or, your, or an elder or a deacon or your spouse or, or, or just some, anybody, the person in line at Walmart and say, what should I do? How should I live? Maybe... We should turn to Scripture and hear Jesus say things like, forgive, because how you forgive is how you're forgiven. Hear Jesus say things like, you've heard it said, don't murder, but I've heard it, don't be angry with your brother. To hear Jesus say things like, if you're worshiping, And while you're worshiping, you realize that somebody has something against you. And he phrases it that way. He does not say, you have something against somebody. Because sometimes we can say, oh, somebody has something against me and that's on them. Jesus says it's on you. And you remember somebody is holding something against you. You drop your sacrifice. And go take care of your relations. When that, that is hard stuff. But yes, we can ask our neighbors and we can ask our, your, your preacher and you can ask your elders. But 
Jesus has words that convict. And if you can hold your life up next to the Sermon on the Mount, just for a second, you will see that there's more following to be done. But the sermon doesn't begin with commands. Like God has always done. God comes to his people and he says things like, um, this is what you need to do and this is how you need to behave and this is how you need to, you need to interact with the people who aren't like you. But before he says any of that, God always says, I am the Lord your God. Or he'll say something like, the creator of the heavens and earth. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt into the land of promise. I am the Lord. God always reminds them. You know, the Ten Commandments don't, does, does not start with commandment one. The Ten Commandments does not start with, you shall have no other gods before me. The Ten Commandments begins with, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. It begins with a statement about who God is, and God is good. Uh, yeah, y'all are, y'all just crammed for that test and then forgot it as soon as you've left. <laughs> but God is, God is always telling us about who he is, and we don't listen because we talk about we talk about this contrast between God and us and God is holy and that is true and we are unworthy and that is true and God doesn't care and we seem to forget that God doesn't care that we aren't worthy. God calls us worthy. God calls us holy. God names us his children and we still we still will bow our heads and we'll say no no I'm not worthy. And God says I It's like I sent Jesus to you for nothing. They, Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount not by commanding us how to be, but telling us about who God is. And it's very clear if you just pay attention to it. Now Jesus, when Jesus was, saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. That, that little introduction is pretty important because so far through the gospel of Matthew, Jesus has gone to Egypt. He has come out. He has gone through the water. He has gone into the wilderness and now he's on a mountainside and he wants us to see the connection. That Jesus is the new Moses. Jesus is the new redemptive character. He is the new one who brings us up. And so these new commands, this new teaching comes from God. That's what Matthew is saying. What we find in Matthew 5 through 7, it comes from God himself, from God become man, God on a mountainside speaking to his people. He began to teach them, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Okay, that first little section. Blessed are those who, who, are, who are poor, for theirs is the kingdom. Poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. He's meek there is... Um, it's, it's tricky, but it basically meek there means poor. 
Um, if you take the Greek word and work it back into the Aramaic, which Jesus spoke, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a word, anawim, and it means the, like the, the poorest of the poor, the people who have nothing. And that makes sense because he then promises, for they will inherit the earth. And the word there for earth is just simply like land. It's not you will inherit the whole world. It's you will inherit things of value. Now, sometimes we can read these passages and we can ask ourselves, how am I, how, how am I to be poor in spirit? God commands us to be meek. And that is not what he's saying here. We're taking the commandments of Jesus and we're backing them up into the whole sermon. But the, whole, the sermon does not begin with the command. A sermon begins with Jesus telling us who God is. God is the one who blesses or makes happy those who are poor in spirit. And they will be happy for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are those who mourn. Now, we, this is one we skip when we think it's a commandment because we don't even know how to... If it, you know, Terry was saying we don't, sometimes we don't know how to smile in church. We definitely don't know how to mourn in church. We aren't commanded to mourn, but sometimes we mourn. And Jesus says, blessed are those people, for they will be comforted. And notice he's telling, he's telling us something about God. He's telling us that God comforts those who are mourning. God includes those who are poor in spirit. God gives to those who are meek. That's who our God is. Before you follow God, we've got to ask, who is this God I'm following? And Jesus says he is good. Before you follow God, before you obey commandments, you've got to ask who, it is, who has redeemed me. And it's a good father. One who sits with us when we are poor in spirit. One who grieves with us when we grieve. We follow one who when we are, when we are at our most desperate, God is with us. And, and sometimes... When we, when we think that God is, is up there on his throne, we always say up there. But God is on his throne. And we, should, we are just in the ditch, in the dirt. And we, we are unworthy. We, we tear our clothes and wear sackcloth and ash. And we say we are unholy. But God is sitting beside us saying, I'm with you. God is, God is alongside of us. Grieving with us. On, on Wednesday, I went to a funeral of an 18-month-old child. And God didn't do that. God hates that as much as we do. But I'll tell you this much. We have a God that conquered that. That conquered death and destruction and chaos and brokenness. We have a God who is, who, who is with those who mourn. We have a God who is with those who are poor. He gives them what they need. And he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. A better way to translate this, at least the thought of it, is blessed are those people who are longing for things to be set right. 
Blessed are, this isn't people who just really want to be good. We all really want to be good until we have to try. But this isn't that. This is blessed are the people who see that the world, the world is wrong. It's not the way it's supposed to be. There is poverty. There is hunger. There is, there is crime. There is, um, there is death and destruction. There is disease. And I want it to be right. I don't want selfishness to rule. I don't want tragedy to rule. I don't want chaos to be in charge. I want it to be set right. I am longing for that. And Jesus says, blessed are those people. They're going to get what they want. They will be filled with the righteousness, with the, with the setting at rightness of God. And if you look around the world, you don't, have to, you don't have to look around long to know that it needs to be, we need to be set right. This, this whole world ain't fair. One of the things um, we try to tell our children is that if you are focused, if you are focused on life being fair for you, you will be miserable your whole life. And we haven't phrased it this way yet because, you know, I'm the preacher dad and I don't want them to tune me out. We'll get there. But if you're focused on making sure it's fair and, pr- and good for other people, then that's kingdom work. Making sure it's fair for you, you'll be miserable. And you'll always spot it. You'll always see it. But Jesus says, our God is the God. And we see this in Jesus. Our God's the God who saw, who, who took unfairness upon himself. To make those who are longing for righteousness, for things to be set right, they will be filled. And then he turns it and he says, he says and those, those of you who are helping God in this mission, you're going to be blessed too. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Notice he doesn't say debaters there. He says peacemakers. We'll be at peace when you recognize I'm right. <laughs> Peacemakers. I do, I want to pause for a second. Peacemakers is different than peacekeepers. Peacekeepers don't say what they're feeling because they want to get, they just want to go along to get along. I don't want to upset that person because they're being a jerk and we just all kind of know they're a jerk. So we're going to go. Peacemakers sometimes have to walk into conflict so that they may, might make peace. Peacekeepers back away from conflict and say, oh, I don't want it to hurt. Peacemakers walk in in the name of Jesus and forgive and show mercy. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of your righteousness, not because of how good you are. This is not that. Blessed are those who are persecuted because you're on the mission of God to set things right in this world. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets 
who are before you. Jesus starts this whole sermon. Notice this isn't like him saying, this is the way you're supposed to be. And then you do this and make, your, make you a checklist. Be meek, be poor in spirit, mourn. I want you to long for being good. He's saying, I want, you, I want to tell you who God is. And God is a God of, that is worthy to be followed. Our God is a God who can be trusted, in whom we can put our faith. Our God is a God who is worthy of our attention to his way. Blessed are those who, keep, who make peace. Blessed are those who show mercy. Blessed are those who are longing for things to be set right. Why? Why are they blessed? Because God is with them. God is for them. God walks alongside them. They are not alone. So when I sit down and I can't even, I can't even process the brokenness, I can't figure out how to fix it. I definitely don't have the words to say. I can't even think, I think about a, wow, what program can we start? Like, where does, where do we even start? I don't even know how to make the world a better place. And Jesus says, blessed are you when you just show mercy. But Jesus, this is a broken place and there's people who are grieving and I need to counsel them. And there's people who are, who are just longing for things to be right. And they see no end. They can't. They can't fix their car because they don't have a job and they can't get a job because they can't fix their car. It's heartbreaking to me and I don't even know how to, I, I can't even get to a place where I feel good about the answers to the situation in my own head and there's Jesus on a mountaintop saying, those people are blessed because I am with them. And so when he says, forgive your neighbor, when he says, when, he talk, when Jesus talks about don't do this and don't watch your heart and don't pray in a way that's obnoxious and um, don't fast. We're going to skip that one because I don't think any of you do that. <laughs> when, we, when we talk about all those things, we've got to remember The God who is asking us to follow him is not a distant and far off God. He is not watching us from a distance. He is not monitoring us from afar. He is close and we are blessed. He is near and we find joy in that. And in that joy, I find strength. And I, I, today, I will do what the kingdom calls me to do. Today, I will love like Jesus calls me to love. And I will, I will, I will forgive like Jesus calls me to forgive. I will be a kingdom seeker because the kingdom sought me first. It's, it's only in that context that I can be who God calls me to be. It's only in that context that you can be who God calls you to be. God 
calls us to something challenging, but he doesn't call us from afar. He doesn't write us a letter. He sits beside us, loves us, is with us, blesses us. And notice this isn't saying blessed are the poor because they will really in their end be rich. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. I know, I know a couple people who will not go first in line. They'll actually fight to go last in line. And from what I can tell, it's none of you. <laughs> but he, I've seen pile potluck works. Typically, y'all just in here and it takes forever for Raymond to shoot you out of this building. But potluck, it's just like someone flushed the auditorium and you're just all in there. But I think you're, no, that's not getting, be, it's not an equation. Being last doesn't make you first. Being grieving doesn't, being sad and humble and, 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 and oh, I'm worthless, I'm worthless. That doesn't make you better. Be confident. God called you to a mission. Step out and go do it. But this is, this, this is about God, God being with us. We are blessed because he is present. That's it. That's all we need. I don't, we don't need more money. We don't need more things. We don't need more um, positive reinforcement. We just need God. And we are blessed because he is present. So as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, next two weeks, we're going to find some things where we say, man, that's hard. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. Turn the other cheek. When you get slapped on your face, give them the other part of your face. That's hard. But blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are longing for things to be set right because God is with them and God is with you this week. God, you are not in this by yourself. If you are grieving, if, if things just aren't right, If, if you just, your spirit has been broken down. If you don't have any money, God is with you and his church is with you too. We want to be the people who stand alongside the broken and bless them just like God wants to. So be that this week. Maybe you've never decided to follow God. Maybe you have decided, like, God's kind of this distant presence, and I don't even know what to do with that. But you, today you realize God is for you. God is with you. God is among us, and we are blessed. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that mission. I want to be a part of that with that God. I want to follow that Savior. I want to, um, I want to serve that King. And you want to be united with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection, rising to walk in newness of life, giving your life over to the new trust that you find in Jesus, repenting from old kings and following the new one. If you need that this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing. Oh God.